Welcome to the Church Leadership Podcast, your weekly source for encouraging and equipping local church leaders with your hosts, Mark Ganey and Andy Frazier. In each episode, Andy and Mark sit down with church leaders that you should know. We believe these honest conversations will be helpful and encouraging to you as you lead the local church. Here is this week's episode. Welcome to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Welcome back if you are one of the faithful listeners or watchers on YouTube. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, we're glad you're on board. And we want to encourage all of you to go subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on YouTube by hitting the subscribe button, click on the thumbs up, and you'll be notified every time a new video is posted. And if you're listening, uh, we're now on Amazon Music, as well as Spotify and Apple and every other uh avenue. So make sure you subscribe. We don't want you to miss a single episode. You know, our mission, every single episode is to encourage and equip you to lead in the local church. And we definitely believe today's conversation is going to do that. Absolutely. We are glad to have a return guest with us. Todd Adkins is joining us on the podcast this week. And you may remember Todd from a previous episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Todd serves as the Director of Leadership at Lifeway, and he is also a podcaster. He hosts uh, Five Leadership Questions, and he also co-hosts the New Churches podcast with Ed Stetzer and and Daniel M., who has been on the podcast before. Uh, Todd, we are so glad you've taken time out of your schedule to join us today. We appreciate it. Hey, I'm glad, man. Uh, I, I had to look down as the camera came on, because I was like, okay, what shirt am I wearing? What do I have on a pipeline shirt? I'm yeah. always like, I always yeah. have a swag on. Um, Cause my wife jokes that it's my uniform, especially now during COVID. Um, <laughs> but I could, I got a great story. I, uh, when I was a, a, an intern back in the day, um, I can remember helping, you know, part of what I did was pastoral research, which basically mean, meant uh, sometimes reading business books and relating them to the church, which was great for me. It really helped form and shape me. Uh, and I won't out the guy that I'm telling about, but man, this is a great story. So he goes, he goes, he's going to the, uh, the, the Baptist state convention uh, that later that, that day. And he asked me uh, how he looks, and I'm like, I laughed and made some kind of comment, and he just thought that it was I was joking or or, or whatever. But he was wearing a he was wearing you know nice nice pants, a sport coat, and he had a t-shirt on underneath his sport coat, which looked pretty good. The only problem was it said Guinness, and he had no idea what Guinness was. And he was speaking at said state Baptist state convention that night. <laughs> he leaves and shows up. And luckily someone pulls him aside. And it was like his, uh, it's his father-in-law's Like he had gotten a bunch of clothes from his father-in-law. Cause we all know we've been there uh, early in our pastor careers where, where sometimes we, we uh, receive those types of gifts. And he had no idea that he was about to go to speak. <laughs> To all these pastors with a Guinness shirt. I'm just guessing here. I'm just throwing this out. Were they pleated plant pants? Uh, I don't know. It was <laughs> it was late 90s. I so can just picture it. Yeah, I can just pleated. picture late 90s. Pleated pants and a Guinness t-shirt with a blazer. I can just picture Look, it. Hey, I mean, if it was a Methodist state convention or maybe you know, Presbyterian or yeah. Catholic, I mean, he'd be fine. 
He would. I'm not so sure. Yeah, not so sure. Um, but yeah, <laughs> had nothing to do with world records. That T-shirt. I yeah. basically <laughs> roll. I basically roll with um, some form of pipeline or grid T-shirt almost every day, uh, just because. Smart choice. We buy quality swag, uh, so that we can wear it all the time. There you go. That's, That's it. it. Hey, that's our motto. Anytime we give away stuff on our podcast, if it's not something we wouldn't use or don't use, we're not going to give it away. What's the point? Yeah, What is the point? Right. Well, speaking of stories, okay. All right. Before we get into the the meat of everything. Now, I mean, I've seen you in a lot of different contexts and a lot of different places. This may be the first time I've ever seen you with a, just a Masonite brick background. So those listening, he's got just a Masonite brick background. Where I'm are in you? the I'm yeah. in the newcomers room at at my, at my church because uh, the sign went on in my house today, uh, and I was like, I just wrapped up a uh, did a podcast with John Mark Comer, and um, and you know like we had had an incident I think the last time we had done a podcast with him where something happened technology wise, and I'm like I'm not gonna let that happen again. I'm going to make sure that this is, is done well. It's only 10 minutes down the road. So I came to, uh, to, to my church to, to, to do this today. And so that's the reason why. Your that church. Yeah. Your that church you're at has a interesting story you were telling us. And I think it would be. Okay. Todd Adkins at a church has got to be a little intimidating. Yeah. Well, I did. So I told, I told these guys, I, I've been at Lifeway for almost nine years, and this is either my sixth or seventh church. Because my background, um, I was an executive pastor at McLean Bible, where Platt is now. And, you know, my job was strategic initiatives and staff development. But really, I always cared. uh, Strategic initiatives meant launch nine campuses in four and a half years. And um, I was obsessed with environment. I'm obsessed with sound quality. I'm obsessed with everything. So the first Sunday that we are here, uh, not at this church, but a, a church in Nashville, very first Sunday, it was People's Church at the time. Now it's uh, Darren Whitehead's there and it's Church of the City. But we go in and I walk back to the soundboard and my wife is like, you cannot do that. This is not your church. You're going to be, everyone is going to hate us everywhere we go. Fast forward probably three or four years later, and we're um, we're trying out a new church, uh, <laughs> two or three churches in, and um, it's not that I don't play well; it's I don't I need to play ball, or I don't uh, like I just need to do something. If you give me something constructive to do, I promise I would be a, an asset to your church. So we're at this new church. We're about to try out this new church. It's two weeks to Easter. They've got their big Easter banner out front, the welcome, you know, Easter is going to be happening in a couple of weeks. Well, the sign had come undone and it was a big banner sign. So it's like, you know, laying in the grass. So I drive by that and my wife is like, and I make a comment. She's don't you dare do it. (laughs) We drive a little bit further and I'm not going to mention the church. Uh, but we drive a little bit further and the, the guest parking sign is a sandwich board, but it's in the ditch. So I go in, I get, I have four children, uh, get them all out and, um, we're checking in and I tell a volunteer what I have 
seen. Like, hey, you may want to say something to somebody about whatever. So check in. Uh, we we take our kids to class, and I, you know, like look out the door to see if anything has been done in true fashion. Nothing's been done. So we then go, and my wife again, don't do it. We go to church, uh, and then she wants to check out a Sunday school class. We know some of the people there that are teaching a Sunday school class. One of them was uh, the person in question was the then associate vice president of Lifeway, Brad Wagner. And uh, we were going to check out his Sunday school class. He was my mentor at seminary, part the way I turned out for good or for better or for worse. <laughs> and so, um, so we then uh, we're after service. I look still hasn't been fixed. Uh, and she's like, okay, you can go. So I go and fix it, come back to the Sunday school class. Well, the next day, one of the vice presidents at Lifeway who ran a division of Lifeway at the time was like, what was Todd Atkins doing at my church yesterday, fixing a sign? Like he doesn't even go there. What was going on? And so then Brad says, because he's an XP and that's what XPs do. And you know, how many people drove by that sign and all, all this, all this whole thing? Well, I then it got back to the staff. So I then had to go back to the staff with hat in hand and say, Hey, I'm so sorry. I really want to help. I really want to be an asset. What can I do? And so I served in preschool there for a year and a half, almost two years in order to do my penance. I was about to say, uh, I, was say I thought you were about to say, you? Look, six yeah. months later though, I was doing pipeline with these people. I did. We like, it was, it turned out to be great. And I met a person who's now, if not my best friend, one of my best friends, uh, who's the senior pastor here at this church, Mark Satterfield. And, um, he was the XP there and, you know, we, we met. So I, of course, in true fashion, I'm texting him about 30 minutes before saying, Hey, I really need a place to do a podcast. So <laughs> yeah, it's actually what's really it, funny is use their storage room now. Yeah. What's really funny is I texted him and Brad Wagner's son, uh, Brent Wagner, who's at, um, at fellowship and I, or uh, yeah. And, uh, I'm like, which one of you wants me? <laughs> Need a spot. Need a spot. Yeah, I think everybody who's listening to this podcast right now completely relates to the end of your story. Only a few are going to relate to the front part of the story. So <laughs> most people probably are going to drive by the signs and not think twice about it. So, so yep. that's that's well, the way God's yeah. geared you and wired you and everything. But what you're talking about, everybody's dealing with the same kind of stuff. We're having to work Absolutely. from home. We're having to work from the office. We're having to be flexible. And that's kind of what we wanted to really talk about for a few minutes is kind of where we are right now, what you're seeing. And, and I mean, you're, you're talking about the, the fact that there is, you've been talking about the fact that there's a lot of fear in ministry right, right now for the way things are and maybe how some people are dealing with that in healthy and unhealthy ways. What, yeah. what did you want to talk about as far as what some, some pastors are experiencing now that we're kind of a little further down the road. We're not out of the woods yet, but we're a little further down the road than where we were a year ago entering into all this. I think the, I think the biggest issues that are happening right now, I mean, we have the luxury of talking to pastors every single day and doing, you know, calls where we're trying to either, um, process a specific issue or just like, you know, delve into some church health overall. But most of the time, what, um, what 
I'm talking to somebody about is either a significant is a significant change. And usually that means we're looking at, you know, strategies and structures and processes within their church. And we're really trying to give them, Hey, here's, you know, if we go through these eight steps together with, uh, as, as a staff, then we're going to come out with your own thing. I'm not trying to shove any expert knowledge or anything like that. I'm not trying to tell you what to do or what to think. I'm actually helping you to figure out how to think for your local context. There is no one that is more equipped and, uh, and, and gifted and honestly in the, the right position to be able to lead your church through whatever change you need to do other than you. And so taking something off the shelf from somebody else is not in your best interest. You've got to ferret that out and lead it with your, with your people. So all that to say, that's a long way of setting up, uh, up that answer to say, uh, what I'm seeing is people are buying into a, a complete pendulum shift in that they're hearing everything has changed. Everything is, is pivoting. You have to move or you're going to be left behind. And so I, I think that is a emotional reaction versus a thoughtful response. So I, I feel like most of us, um, and I think I said it last time we were on, I talked about intuitive leadership versus intentional leadership, that most of us are in place because we're good intuitive leaders. Uh, and we won't reach a new gear. We won't find that new gear that we're looking for, for ourselves, our staff, or our church until we look at it in an intentional view. And, and the way that I'm looking at that right now is, am I reacting intuitively or am I responding intentionally? And so I, I think that it's really weighing and measuring, okay, what does need to change? What does need to shift? What needs to stay the same? What is not changing? Um, and what is, is something that we may want to consider changing at least for a time or testing out for a time. But, but yeah, I mean, that is the biggest shift. I think people are, they're, they're making shifts before they really know what they're the, the reason why they're making the shift is because they think everybody's doing it or it's a response to fear. Mm. It's not based on data. It's mm. based on two or three things they heard either from their own people or from a podcast or somebody's blog or, or whatever. When I would say, Hey, you really need to take a step back um, and think about this a lot before you make this shift, because when you make the shift, you're going to shift your culture. That's right. That's, that's so true. That's so powerful. And I think, <laughs> think things are so fast and furious, at least they have been the last several months, that it's easy to, to react. It's easy to give into that fear and think you're making thoughtful choices when really you're just, you're, you're, you're giving into that emotion. That's good, man. That's, that's powerful. Well, so, I mean, you know, we're recording this in February of 2021 and Andy mentioned we're not we're not done with COVID right I do think we're in an, another it seems like that we're in another season or another phase of it at least with the vaccine starting you know and getting more uh, availability for that and so I think the fear level of our people has changed a little bit 
And, and so I think, uh, at least in my observation, churches are operating a little bit differently than they have been the last several months. What are, what are some positive trends that you have seen churches begin to make? Some positive shifts that you have seen that really are, are thoughtful responses rather than reactive change? I would say what's interesting is from the outside, it would be difficult to see some of this stuff. But when you're exposed to as many as many churches who are saying the same thing, uh, but doing them differently, you, you begin to see it. And that is, there are churches that have been measuring engagement and calling it discipleship for years and years and years. And there's a difference between engagement and discipleship. So church growth movement, you know, we all have experienced what that has, has been. And, you know, we know the strengths and weaknesses and, and all of that. I'm not here to, to call out um, anybody or anything because I was a part of all those and, and lifted those up and, and still do lift up part of it. But here's the thing. We measured what was easy to measure and called it important and called it a discipleship. When now what you're seeing is people have um, people. I heard tons of people when this first started say, oh, we're going to take our people deeper. We're going to take our people deeper. We're going to go deeper into discipleship during this time. We are not going to waste this time that God has given us. We're going to go deeper into discipleship. And I would love to go back and review, like, how amazing would it be to have everybody do transformational discipleship and then that assessment and then look at before and after because I think people will be shocked at the results and I don't think it would be good results um, but I have seen churches uh, some churches strip down what they do and really focus on you know what those most important elements are and I think they're going to be the ones that come out the most successful um, Malfer's had a brilliant Malfer's and Mancini wrote um building leaders. And this book is like 20 years old, but there was an analogy in there about a ship. And of course I took that analogy and put it into a quadrant. Um, of course, but it was, it, it's really about um, if you think about who's on board with your vision and who's contributing, not necessarily contributing to the vision, but who's, who's making contributions, not financial contributions necessarily, uh, contributions through, you know, they're using their gifts and services to Christ, leadership, whatever. So in that framework, it, when you put it in a quadrant, what the beautiful thing that happens is you see stowaways, you see passengers, you see pirates, and you see people that are crew. They're really in there. They're, what crew means is they are both um, really on board with your vision and they're contributing in alignment with that vision. So there are tons and tons of people in our churches that we would put in the crew category because they were showing up uh, uh, or because they were showing up to a couple of different things. We were measuring engagement and calling them crew or calling them disciples when the reality is they were just stowaways or passengers. Even if they were somewhat on board with our vision, if they're not actively contributing toward that vision, then they're just a passenger. Just showing up is not crew. 
Right. And so I truly believe that when this is over, we're going to be missing a lot of our stowaways and, and passengers. Meanwhile, you have this whole other group down here to deal with, which is your pirates, because anybody who is contributing in a direction that is not in alignment with the vision and values, especially if you've realigned or recast what the strategy is during this time, it is an act of piracy, insubordination, um, what a, it's a mutiny. I'm telling you, anything that is not in alignment with that strategy that you've set during this time for your church to use its gifts in service to Christ to feed the body in each other and make your impact in your local community. There is no other, there's no other thing that's more sacred or strategic than the local church. And right now I feel like a lot of us have just been in neutral and we gave up. We didn't look for innovative ways to leverage some of our existing things that we did in order to, you know, make it uh, viable during the, the, the pandemic. What we did was we tried to neutralize the effect. So we just shifted our services to online. And that was it. We, we settled for that neutral thing. Um, so it may sound like I know I've talked for way too much. I've broken one of my cardinal rules, which is a guest that speaks more than three minutes at a time. I got to reel them in. I got to interrupt them and, and, and bring them back in because nobody wants to hear them. Uh, I know I sound like I have gone off on, and I'm one of those people on the far side of the pendulum. And I would say, no, no, I'm saying that don't throw everything out. Don't be so, um, don't toss out what is truly creative and innovative and intentional for your community and settle for the illusion of somebody else's creative, intentional thing for their community. Don't look at what Craig Groeschel is doing. Don't look at what fill in the block box is doing or what this expert says or whatever. Ferret it out for yourself prayerfully and thoughtfully and intentionally with your church and your body that God has given you to steward in mind, every gift, every asset that you have and look at it from a stewardship perspective and leverage it. That's so good. And the reason we don't is let's just be real. That's hard. It takes it work, hard. but we've got to do it. Yeah. It's hard emotionally. Mm. Well, this has been, this has been a really tough season for people leading in any organization especially in the church. And what you've been talking about, I mean, the reality is most pastors and church leaders right now have hurt feelings. They're discouraged. They're angry. They're upset. They're confused. And some of that is over the loss of so many people. And reality is a lot of people are not attending our in-person services right now because of fear, because of the, the fact that this virus is real and they may be at a place where they're susceptible or they're compromised or they're around people who are, and we understand that. And we want to be able to compassionately shepherd them. But then there are those people who have been the stowaways and the passengers who aren't coming back. They haven't come back yet. And uh, I predict a lot of them won't be coming back. And how would you speak to pastors and church leaders right now to kind of encourage them instead of being fearful that maybe they're out, you know, going to another church or watching other services or, or whatever, instead of that fear, how would you encourage them to, to say, you know what, stay the course, keep trying to, like you said, be, 
be intentional and innovative while staying on mission? I mean, the culture of our churches have changed so much. How would you encourage pastors and church leaders right now who have that fear that, well, it's been a year now and some of these people are not back yet? I think all of us are going to be susceptible to um, a fear of loss, and but it's different for different people. So for, for some, it may be loss of identity uh, as a pastor, uh, and even some people in our congregation, it may be a loss of their own personal identity because they may have been crew, but because of the way that COVID has, has taken place and its effect that it has on our churches, they've been relegated to passenger, whether they wanted to or not. And you better have a strategy to go back after those people um, and, and get them back into that category of crew. And that's not just because we want, you know, that number It's because that's a real person that we're called to shepherd and steward. And it's a responsibility that we have. Okay. Sorry. There's also the fear of, uh, so loss of identity. I think there's also the fear of loss of knowledge. Like I'm supposed to know what to do. I, this is not what I signed up for. This is not what I signed up for God. This is not what I signed up for church. Um, and I don't know what to do. You know, it, it's the fear of knowledge of knowing what to do. It's the fear of the loss of comfort. Um, in, <laughs> Let's be honest. I mean, even though um, leadership is hard and sometimes involves hard decisions and all that, uh, there were some of us that were pretty comfortable with where we were as well. And that's a massive, that's a massive loss too. I think what we have to do is, and of course the, the fear that we mentioned uh, before of it's, I, 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 it's the loss of the person. I feel like, you know, they're stepping out on me with another church. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, during this, like, I don't know what these people are watching or what they're doing. Um, they're probably, you know, watching some other church right now, or maybe they're engaged yeah. and they're gone and they're never coming their back. Their service is better than ours online. Yeah. Yeah. And, and start checking and the their text messages and all that. <laughs> and the narrative that, you know, that you are hearing, oh, it's all changed. It's completely shifted. It's asynchronous church or, hey, um, you know, everybody's just going to be watching these national, you know, people versus their local person, you know, these celebrity pastors and stuff like that. I think that you cannot, you cannot give in to that. You just have to be really, really intentional with the people that God's given you and maybe even use that framework that we just talked about as um, a strategy to walk through with your leaders to say, okay, pre-COVID, how many people will we say were stowaways, passengers, crew, you know, and, and pirates in our church? How many will we say now? Okay, how let's have a strategic plan to go after these groups of people and move them, you know, into into this category. I think that would be an incredibly helpful um, exercise for you to do. I mean, by by doing it as a church, uh, and if you're lucky enough to have, you know, multiple uh, either leaders or even staff then great. Um, do it, do it by individual ministry area as well. Uh, and really say, okay, how, how can we make sure that we're not losing, uh, anybody in this whole process and to make sure that anything that we do is at least put through some type of thought process or framework. That's about going after people. If you want uh, a thoughtful process to go, um, to, to evaluate your ministry on, just look at, 
the original purpose of the church as one part of that quadrant, and then look at its effectiveness um, during COVID and then say, okay, do we really need to change this? If it's been effective and it's been aligned with our purpose, which is making disciples who make disciples, let's be honest, um, or five purposes of the church, whatever you want to use, um, just say, hey, not perceived effectiveness, not sacred cowness, but effectiveness. If you have those two frameworks, I think that's a great place for you to just find clarity and then have a conversation. Um, it's pointless just to get emotional about something and, and start to make decisions when you could, could really step back and say, okay, I know that um, I don't want to put my ministry in a box or people in boxes, um, but honestly, it's, help, it's helpful to put them in a box, just not leave them there. What am I going to do with it once I, once I get it in this box? That's a beautiful thing. That's good, man. That is so solid. And I think the encouragement, I, I mean, I've heard some specifics, but the overall encouragement, I think that maybe this whole conversation has expressed, and there's a theme running here, I believe, is that, you know what, it's time to do something. You know, especially if you feel like you've been stuck in neutral. Well, look, COVID didn't put you in neutral. That was a choice. And, and it's time. It's time to begin something, whether it's to regather those people, whether it's to evaluate and to, to do that analysis and then to try to recapture whatever it is. It's time to do something. And so thank you so much, Todd. We, we're always encouraged when we get to hang out with you and uh, and God uses you in, in our lives, not to mention in the lives of those listening and watching on the podcast. So thank you again so much, Todd, for for hanging Absolutely. out a little bit today. Absolutely. I'm just lucky enough that I get to talk to pastors all the time and then come talk about it. So I learned, I learned something for, from every staff that I'm with, whether it's a, a new idea that, um, you know, even if they just ask a question that is just a different perspective and, and something usually comes out of almost every time we're together with a pastor. So greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, We're looking forward to the invitation to come help you uh, dig a ditch and lay cable. So, right. All right. Yeah. yeah. So let's uh, let us know. No. We'll, uh, we'll send some of our best people. Yeah. <laughs> we'll bring them back hope. That's right. That's right. But well, Todd, uh, thank you. Thank you so much for on the podcast this week. We know this is a, a tough season for people to be serving in the local church. And we know uh, people who serve in organizations and ministries like you who deal with leaders on a regular basis, you guys, are under a lot of strain and stress as well. And uh, you're committed not only to working with leaders in the local church, but I mean, what we've talked about at the beginning, we know it's funny, but you're committed to serving in the local church as well. So you're not just removed from all of, all of this craziness. You're right in the middle of it. And we appreciate that. We appreciate your perspective and your encouragement and the wisdom that you've shared with us today. Thank you. Well, the rest of you, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Church Leadership Podcast. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and even review our podcast on your favorite podcast listening app.